Hello, hello, welcome. This is Professor Dima Jamali, and I want to welcome you to the Sharjah Talks Business Podcast brought to you by University of Sharjah. Today, we will hear insights from a progressive CEO who's leaving his mark in restructuring a major bank in Sharjah and taking it to new heights in terms of impact and success, namely Mr. Ahmad Abu Aide. Mr. Ahmad Abu Aide is CEO of InvestBank and he has over 30 years of experience in leadership roles in the banking industry. Mr. Abu Aide brings a wealth of local, regional and international experience, especially in corporate and investment banking. And previously he was CEO of Standard Chartered Bank Middle East and held other senior positions in other banks, including HSBC. Welcome to Sharjah Talks Business Podcast. It's our pleasure to have you today. And uh, I want to begin with my first question. Mr. Ahmed, I want to start by asking you about, you have a major restructuring uh, exercise that is ongoing in InvestBank. And uh, I wanted to ask you about your vision with this restructuring. And what are the leadership lessons that you have learned uh, over the years, and particularly during this uh, recent experience? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Dr. Dima, thank you so very much. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. Of course, InvestBank had been uh, established in Sharjah back in 1975, and it is a pillar for the economy of the Emirate. Just like a lot of organizations, the bank went through some very specific circumstances that led to the need for a full restructure of the organization. Now, uh, I can discuss those, but those would take hours So I'd just rather focus on the current effort of restructuring an organization. I have been in banking for 31 years, as you mentioned, out of which I have been a CEO of a bank for the last 15 years. I became a CEO at a very young age of 39. And usually in the banking industry, that is not the case. And the for the, for the most part of my career as a CEO, I have been restructuring banks. So InvestBank is not the first bank I restructure. In fact, it's the fourth operation I restructure. Now on this one in particular, it, 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 the restructuring is a tricky job. It's a very tricky job. And it takes a lot of experience to actually get to know where to look, what to look for, and the actions that need to follow. These actions need to be taken in a decisive manner. What have we done in InvestBank till now? Well, over the the tenor of one year, three months, what we've done is we've restructured the whole C-level management, uh, the top team, as I like to call them. And um, a number of people have joined the organization with the right skill set that's required to take the organization forward. Additionally, we've looked at the whole staff composition. We've looked at skills, we've looked at experience, and we've looked at track record and performance. We added uh, uh, some additional business lines. At the end of the day, a bank, just like any company, is there, is created to be profitable and provide maximum value for the shareholders. That's why businesses are set up. Otherwise, there's no need for any business to be set up. 
But to provide maximum value for shareholders, you need to be providing maximum value to your customers. So I want to reorient a little bit about the vision of what this bank is going to add value to customers, to the community, plus the shareholders. Sure, and that's very valid. Uh, but I just needed to provide some background uh, to give a complete story. Sure. Uh, because, you know, with the background I do want to provide comes the value for what you called as a customer and what I call as my partner. Uh, so I call my customers my partners, by the way. So uh, in addition to uh, setting up, we set up a retail banking operation, which did not exist. We set up a full-fledged financial markets or treasury function that did not exist. We set up a financial institutions business that did not exist. We segregated businesses and uh, to provide superior focus on the end game, which is our partners, our customers. Uh, in addition to that, we set up a transactional banking unit, which did not, not exist. And when I say transactional banking, I'm referring to cash management and trade. So this is what we, how we refer to cash management and trade. Now, the eventuality is that, unfortunately, banks forget one basic element of what we're doing. We are a provider of financial services. And I stress on the word services. Fierce competition in the market, way too many banks. And what actually differentiates a bank from another? So how do banks compete? Three main elements. Pricing, you can keep on giving cheaper uh, rates on your loans or your, your services. The products, um, you can add or not more or less products where you compete, and CX, customer experience. Now, this element, in my humble opinion, is lacking to a certain degree um, in the whole region. And the focus is on, always on, maximizing shareholder value at the expense of the end consumer. I'm just saying things of, uh, as part of my experience and my personal opinion here. Now, to really distinguish yourself, you need to provide that superior wow factor client experience. How do we do that? That's the art of actually getting things done. We never had a CX department. CX, when I say CX, I mean client experience. We never had that and we've set one up and it's led by very passionate colleagues that provide that follow-up and data and feedback from our partners on how we're doing, what they want us to do more of, what issues and problems to avoid, and how to serve them better. So everyone can make the claim that we have excellent customer service. I do stick to my opinion. As a region, we do not provide that wow factor. In InvestBank, we do want to provide the wow factor and exceed our partners' expectations. How do we achieve it? Listen very carefully to the observations. In every organization, 
every organization, be it a bank or a company or a university, you name it, mistakes happen. And customers are affected with these mistakes, be it intentional or not, be it operational in nature or not. Mistakes happen. Now, I chair the client experience forum and it is my duty to review every single complaint that comes to the bank's attention. Study and examine why it happened, who did the mistake and what they learned. That's my, that's my important thing is I need to know what they learned from such an error. And more importantly, three, which is avoiding the same in the future and fixing the gaps. So, Dr. Dima, you, I mean, the impact on a partner, uh, you know, impact is enormous when I call a partner and I say, customer, um, we apologize for this mistake. We've put uh, measures to avoid the same in future. Thank you so very much for allowing us to further improve by providing us the feedback. The impact is enormous. It's such a positive impact when the CEO of the bank calls and apologizes, and in some cases even issues a written apology, admitting to an error. You know, we're human beings at the end of the day and we're dealing with human beings and people do make errors. I want to recap. So you said things that are really, really important. Key ingredients for success are an excellent team with the right skill set and attitude. Also, you need to differentiate yourself and you have chosen to differentiate your bank through wow customer experience rather than through pricing, for example. Plus, of course, there is the element of leadership and I want to bring you back to this. What lessons in terms of leadership, like what kind of leadership such a restructuring exercise needs, you know? And is it important? I think, you know, I've seen you in action and I know that leadership is important, is a key ingredient or success factor. I want you to tell me about what kind of leadership it takes in major restructuring uh, journeys or uh, exercises as sure. the one you are going through, please. Sure. There are so many books on leadership. There's so many courses on leadership. There's so many universities teaching leadership. But um, going back to experience, to my mind, a true leader is someone who cares about every individual that works with him or her. Um, you care about your staff and take care of them to the absolute maximum you can. Doesn't mean that when you need to address an issue, you're not decisive. You know, decisiveness in a restructuring scenario. We can't have a gray area. There is no fluid situation. It's either black or white. Most important, you need to admit to yourself if something is working or it's not, if a person is delivering or not, or if you've tried a certain solution 
and it didn't work, you need to admit to yourself, it's not working. It's fine. It's no problem there. You just make the tweaks, tweak it or change it and adopt and apply something different that may work. So in a, in a restructuring scenario, I tell you in our industry, the most difficult job in banking is restructuring a bank. It's the, not the easiest, it's the hardest. It's much easier to set up a brand new bank than fix an existing bank. Why so? Usually when you're fixing an existing organization, you need to address internal, external regulatory stakeholders. And your brand sometimes would be tarnished in the market. Fixing a tarnished brand is very difficult. How do you fix it? A constant, constant barrage of positive news, deal and treat with people in a fully transparent manner, admit to past mistakes, and present what you've done to fix these mistakes. So on the brand, this is what you usually do. As a leader, myself, I feel no shame to roll up my sleeves and get things done myself, along with my team, providing guidance and support, direction. So that needs to happen on a constant basis, doctor, constantly. Um, monitoring the, the uh, performance and monitoring the execution. So we can, you know, just sit and theorize for a long period of time and talk about what we should do. Now that doesn't win you anything. You know, having a plan is very essential. What's more important than having the plan is executing on it and reaching to the end game and delivering. That by itself is not an easy task whatsoever. And you need to, you need to really depend on the quality of people you have, trust in them, them trusting in their own capabilities and what they can deliver. Really happy to hear that. And I want to end uh, with uh, some words of advice from you to like our students who are just about to start their careers and taking their first step into the world of business. We're sending you some interns this summer. They're worried, they want to make it, they want to succeed. What kind of advice can we give them? So going back to when I was around 22 years old, um, and by the way, 22 years old is the average age of graduation from a bachelor's degree. Um, and I do have, I mean, my son is your age. He's graduating from university this year. And what, what I do tell my son, and I'll, tell, I'll, I'll share it with everyone. You know, um, learning process is a lifelong exercise. You don't come out of a university fully equipped. You get the basic knowledge, you get the theory, and you, university prepares you for your career life. It's not the end, it's the beginning. It's the first step you take in your adult career life. Um, always be curious, always learn, don't act that you know it all, because I can assure you, you don't. I can assure everyone, I don't know everything. Dr. Dima doesn't know everything. No one knows everything. Be an excellent listener. Absorb as much 
as you can from your workplace work environment. It's not rosy in the real world. There are ups and downs. There are inter-office politics. There are people who um, do not want to share their knowledge with you. Um, it's, it's a fact of life. I'm just preparing. I'm just giving you the, you know, how the real life looks like. You don't come to uh, the office whenever you like. There's working hours. Not everyone, unfortunately, is a friend. Try to befriend as many people as you can. Learn from them, their experiences. Have a totally open mind and admit to yourself, first of all, you don't know everything. And you need to learn the practical life, how it is out there in the field. It's a totally different journey. I, you know, when I was 22 years old and I was graduating from university, I actually thought that I knew it all, you know. <laughs> but this is a very important thing I want to tell you. Always have a plan. It is imperative you have a plan. And by the way, a plan is something that you own. No one else owns. You own the plan. What does that mean? You can change your plan. So a plan is not rigid. Um, if and circumstances in life will happen, I'm telling you, they'll happen. Things that you didn't plan for will happen. All you do in your plan, because to accommodate these changes, you just change, you know, rather than jumping from A to D through B and C, you need to probably jump to X to get to D. But who owns your plan? It's you. And keep having that plan, develop, develop the plan as you go, allow for changes to happen because they will, no matter what you do, the unexpected will actually happen. Keep an open mind, open ears, listen very carefully and learn. Learning is a lifetime process. Don't forget that. Very beautiful. Thank you so much. I think this was very insightful and very rich episode with very nice takeaways. And I want to thank you for your precious time, thank for you. your valuable insights. I want to tell our listeners to stay tuned for the next episode of our Sharjah Talks Business Podcast and uh, looking forward to that. Thank you so, so thank much you. again. Much appreciated. <laughs>